views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of this station. Content is for educational purposes only. Consult a financial advisor or conduct your own due diligence if investing. The show is pre-recorded. Everyday Wealth is produced and created by Edelman Financial Engines and hosted by Gene Chatsky. Ms. Chatsky is not an employee or client of the firm. She receives fixed cash compensation as host and for related activities, and therefore has an incentive to endorse Edelman Financial Engines and its planners. For additional information, please see www.edelmanfinancialengines.com slash everydaywealth. The 2022 Top 100 Independent Advisory Firm ranking issued by Barron's is qualitative and quantitative, including assets managed by the firm, technology spending, staff diversity, succession planning, and other metrics. Firms elect to participate but do not pay to be included in the ranking. Compensation is paid for use and distribution of rating. Awarded September 2022 based on data within a 12-month period. Investor experience and returns are not considered. At the intersection of life and money, this is Edelman Financial Engine's Everyday Wealth with personal finance expert, Gene Chatsky. Edelman Financial Engines has been ranked by Barron's as the number one investment advisor in the country. Now, here's Gene Chatsky. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today on Everyday Wealth. I'm your host, Gene Chatsky. When you are approaching retirement, it is important to focus on one crucial question. Many people say it's the most important question. How do you create regular and reliable income from your savings and investments. For a lot of people, the answer is kind of a combo platter, a 401k, IRA, or other retirement plan. It also likely includes social security. And for some lucky people, maybe there's even a pension Sounds straightforward, but there are so many nuances in these income sources, and there's not a single one-size-fits-all approach for everyone. We are going to dig into those nuances today, but I would say, and I have been doing this job reporting on real people and their real money for more than three decades now, the one consistent goal I see among retirees is a desire not to run out of money in retirement. Actually, it's more than that. It is a goal of ensuring that your retirement income lasts for the rest of your life and that it enables you to live the life you want during all of those retirement years, no matter how many you get. For an increasing number of people, This means including annuities as part of a retirement income plan. In fact, we received an email from one of our listeners, Jeff, on this very topic. We are going to turn to that in just a sec. But let me remind you, if you've got a question for one of our financial planners, go to everydaywealth.com, scroll down to the blue box and click ask a question. Type in your info and send it my way. That's what Jeff did. And here is his question, or maybe I should say his request. He writes, you should dedicate a show to explain the reasons why or why not to purchase annuities like immediate, variable, or fixed indexed. There is so much media dedicated to the sizzle of annuities. In my opinion, the media is at the very least incomplete and likely very misleading. Just a thought. It was a good thought, Jeff. Thank you so much for the suggestion. We're going to do exactly what you asked. Today, we're going to talk about annuities. That sizzle you're referring to is because annuity sales reached a record high of more than $312 billion 
last year. And let me just add a little context around that big number. It's 23% more than it was in 2021. It's 18% more than the previous record, which was set in 2008. And there's no coincidence there. By the way, we saw record annuity sales in 2022 and 2008 because both were years that saw big losses in the stock market. It's the volatility in the stock market and uncertainty over the economy that motivates some people to purchase annuities for the promise of guaranteed income in retirement. Your question, and I think the question that a lot of people have, is Are annuities right for everyone? And to be sure, there are pros and cons to consider. On the one hand, annuities can provide guaranteed income for as long as you live, customization, and tax-deferred growth. But on the other hand, they can sometimes be complex, restrict your access to your money, and some annuities have high fees. So let's unpack all of that with help from our friend Isabel Barrow. She is one of the fantastic planners at Edelman Financial Engines. Isabel, always good to see you. Good to see you too, Jean. And it's always nice to be on the show. Let's start, as Julie Andrews might say, at the very beginning. What is an annuity? Well, just very simply, I guess to to maybe oversimplify it, but an annuity is essentially a contract with an insurance company that you set up to receive tax-deferred treatment. And there are many different types and ways that these annuities can work and operate, falling into kind of two broad categories of a variable annuity and fixed annuities. And basically, it's my understanding that the point of them generally is to receive a stream of payments over a period of time. Right. The idea is to receive upfront tax deferral and then to either receive a stream of payments over time or to receive some underlying guarantees that either your principal is going to be around um, and that it will be guaranteed with no losses or that your income stream will be guaranteed at either a percentage of your assets or a, a fixed income amount. So let's just take a step back and let me ask you, what is Edelman Financial Engine's point of view on annuities? Very generally speaking, we do tend to advise against investing in variable annuities because of fees. Fees can be very high and in some cases, the taxes can actually be less favorable We've got to take a step back and expand a little bit on variable annuities. And if you're listening, let me just tell you, we're going to give you the definitions. We're going to break down these products. We're going to tell you what they are. So what exactly is a variable annuity? Well, a variable annuity uh, gets its name from the fact that the return you earn is variable. So those returns can vary with the performance of the underlying investments that you hold within the annuity. And all of the profits that you earn in the annuity, whether or not that's income or dividends or growth, they're tax deferred. Where does the income or growth come from? 
It comes from the investments within the variable annuities. So they're called sub-accounts, and they're, they're typically managed by mutual fund companies. So similarly to a mutual fund, it's possible to lose money in a variable annuity. All annuities are insurance products, right? They're offered by insurance companies. What, what do insurance companies offer to offset the sort of risk that you're talking about? Right. And this is what, you know, makes them popular during those eras that you are talking about, like 2008 and 2022. The annuity companies or these insurance companies are attracting investors who are afraid of losing money. So many variable annuities will offer features that have some type of a performance guarantee. Now, these guarantees come in many different flavors. It can be called a a living benefit. It can be called an income benefit, um, or it can be a guarantee through a death benefit. I'm going to put on my Webster's hat again, Isabel, and just ask for some definitions. Can you explain what these things are? Yeah. So let's just start with living benefit. So in a living benefit, this variable annuity promises that you won't lose money. So this usually means the guarantee is either a guarantee of a certain amount of income or it's a principal guarantee. Another type is what we call a guaranteed minimum withdrawal benefit. And that's essentially a rider, which is like an add-on feature that's available for many variable annuities. And it gives the annuity owner the right to withdraw some predetermined percentage of their annuity every single year. Now, each company who offers these types of annuities has very different provisions and rules and, and criteria. So understanding the fine print here is really necessary. Now, another type is what's called the guaranteed minimum income benefit. And this is when that rider, or again, the add-on, gives the annuity owners the ability to receive some predetermined amount of income when it's annuitized. That means when the income stream faucet is turned on. And again, as with all of these, you know, each company and each product has really different variations on their riders um, and on how all of these things work and the percentages and income streams and fees. So before you move to purchase or invest in anything like this, really be sure that you've read all the fine print and you understand all the specifics before making that move. These benefits, these guarantees, they come with a cost. And when you talk about fees, those are the costs you're talking about. But can you give us a sense of what they typically run? Yeah. So, you know, this is part of the reason why these annuities are so popular with insurers is that they are making quite a bit of money on fees from not only the annuity themselves, but also from the add-ons. So just as as an example, the add-ons or these rider fees might be an additional 1% or 2% on top of what you're already paying for an annuity fee and what you may already be paying for the underlying investment internal expense ratios. So there's, you know, one, two, or three, and and maybe even more fees um, that can add up to two to maybe even as high as 5%. 
Okay, so those are variable annuities, but in his letter, Jeff mentioned other types as well. Can we talk about fixed annuities? Yeah, so fixed annuities operate a little bit different. So they are considered to be an insurance product, and a variable annuity is considered to be a securities product. And so fixed annuities work in a a couple of different ways. There's lots of different types, Um, but typically they're either offering a fixed return, which is similar to how a bond or a CD might work, or they can act like a pension with a fixed income stream for life. And what's your point of view? What's the firm's point of view on fixed annuities? Well, beyond the risk, the returns really are, in many cases, not much better than a bank CD. And and just to kind of, again, I want to go back on um, the fixed annuities on one piece. There is a subtlety in how these are classified and as an insurance product versus a security. And it actually makes a really big difference to you whether or not you have one or the other. And the reason is that it's how the annuity assets are commingled within the general assets of the insurance company. So with a fixed annuity, in that case, if the insurance company were to go bankrupt, then your money within that fixed annuity would be subject to the claims paying ability of, of the insurance company. So, you know, in many cases, that can be a risk to consider as well. And most fixed annuities, again, are offering a fixed rate of interest. They act like a bank CD in many cases, but there are others that offer interest rates that are tied to returns within the stock market. And those are called equity indexed annuities. Oh boy, you're just adding to the menu, right? That's right. Um, So, okay. These are a third different category. We've got variable annuities, we've got fixed annuities, and now we're talking about equity indexed annuities. How are they different? Well, they are actually technically considered to be a fixed annuity. So how they work is um, they typically offer a minimum interest rate, but they then also promise to pay a higher return based on some stock market indice if that stock market indice goes up. But here's the key. The formula that's used to to calculate how much of that return you get, the the stock market return, means that typically you're only going to get a fraction of that market's return. And it's based on a whole variety of different factors and different calculations. And later on, Rob, who is our annuities expert at Edelman Financial Engines, is, is going to join us and talk a little bit more about equity indexed annuities. One thing I think is really clear is that these things are complicated, and that's why you should always make sure that you talk to a financial advisor to get some help and figure out which type is right for you, whether one is right for you, and understand all of the different rules associated with the product. And if that sounds like the advice that we give on this show all the time, it's because it is. Finances are complicated and making sure that you've got enough money to go the distance in retirement is equally, if not more complicated. So don't try to go it alone. For right now, though, let's take a very quick break. When we return, we're going to be joined by a very special guest because annuities are coming into workplace retirement plans. You need to know what that could mean for you. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Are you worried about the current volatility of the market, inflation rates, talk of a recession? Are you second-guessing your investment decisions? 
What better time than now to ensure your finances are moving forward than by getting an expert second opinion from an Edelman Financial Engines planner? Whether you already have a planner or simply need a new perspective, they can help you manage your wealth plan to both weather the volatility of the market today and help you protect and preserve it over the long term. To schedule your complimentary wealth checkup today, call 833-PLAN-EFE. That's 833-752-6333. Or visit their website at efewealthplanners.com. Put your uncertainties to rest once and for all. Schedule your complimentary wealth checkup right now. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for sticking with us. Isabel Barrow from Edelman Financial Engines is with me. We're talking about annuities. And before the break, Isabel broke down the different types of annuities that are available to you and some of the pros and cons that you want to think about before you invest. I want to step back a second, though, and and talk a few minutes about a story that you might have read in the Wall Street Journal. They recently reported about two of the biggest money managers in the country and how they are working to give workers access to annuities in 401k and 403b plans. And this was brought about by a law that Congress passed in 2019 that made it easier for 401k plans to include annuities. So far, we haven't seen a lot of it. Some companies have been reluctant to put these plans on the menu, in some cases because of complexity, in some cases because of price. To provide some insight into this important topic, we want to welcome Kelly O'Donnell to the show. And she's Executive Vice President and Co-Chief Client Officer at Edelman Financial Engines. She's got more than 20 years of experience in the financial industry and is an expert on retirement plans in the workplace. Kelly, welcome. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be here. Thank you, Jean. It's great to see you and it's great to be here. At the top of the show, I, I talked a little bit about how transforming your savings and your investments into a paycheck, into a steady stream of income is really a tough challenge. It's a slog for most people nearing retirement. Is that what's driving this idea of including annuities in workplace plans? It is. You know, solving the retirement income problem has been the holy grail for employers, the retirement industry, and policymakers. And as you mentioned, Congress really set this push in motion with the bipartisan SECURE Acts. So when they recently enacted SECURE 2.0 into law, it opened the door to some of the biggest changes to the retirement system in decades. Uh, SECURE 2.0 includes key provisions that ease the fiduciary burden on plan sponsors when they are selecting reviewing and monitoring annuities and annuity providers. I understand what you're saying about employers. They encouraged us to suck all this money into 401ks, but in doing so, put a lot of the burden on our shoulders to make that money last through retirement. And and we're hearing from consumers that it's really, really hard. So How are you thinking about this idea of including annuities in 401ks? 
You know, I think annuities can be a useful component of a holistic retirement plan. But as you and Isabel talked about, given their complexity, it is a highly personalized decision that needs to consider an employee's individual circumstances and goals. So it's really important that employers are very thoughtful about if and how to include annuities in their plans. And if they do, they need to ensure they're providing individuals with the right tools and advice to assess if annuity is appropriate for their situation. So can we talk about some of the things that employers are looking at, some of the considerations that they're weighing when they decide whether or not to add annuities to the menu? Yes, I think Isabel gave a great preview of kind of how complex annuities can be. And so employers have a lot of decisions to think through. First, what is the right type of annuity to be offered? Immediate, deferred, fixed, variable, You need to factor in the liquidity, the surrender period of the contract, and any associated penalties that their employees may face. Um, You need to evaluate the annuity provider, the cost, the complexity, the credit risk of the product. It will also be very important for the plan sponsor to understand their responsibilities. That is, responsibilities on negotiating the annuity rates. Their responsibility for reporting on monitoring the provider and the product. And then lastly, they really need to think about how is the best way to offer the annuity? Should it be offered as a choice to the employee, as a default option, or through something like a professionally managed account? And they need to understand the implications and pros and cons of each. And on the flip side, if you're an employee and you do have an option to put some of your money into an annuity through your workplace plan, what do you have to think about? Yeah, so there's a lot to think about. And first and foremost, we just need to see, is an annuity something that's needed in the retirement portfolio? And then if it is, there's a lot of questions. Uh, What is the most suitable type? They really need to understand the product features and how they are priced. One consideration is how much of their retirement portfolio should they allocate to the annuity product? They need to understand the liquidity of the contract. Really important is to understand any penalties that would be associated with canceling the annuity early and then determining the payout option to select. And then I think kind of most of all, and this is just personal, what is your level of comfort and giving up control of your assets? Boy, that's a lot of items to uh, to go through and to tick off. When plan sponsors, your clients, Kelly, come to you and they they ask for your advice about annuities, knowing that they're a product that a lot of people are asking for these days, what are you telling them? You know, I think most importantly, it's critical for plan sponsors to provide that comprehensive education and personalized advice, especially for those nearing retirement, alongside any annuity that would be offered. As we talked about, given the complexity of annuities and also the uniqueness of each individual approaching retirement, it's important that individuals' employees have access to something like a retirement income review with an independent advisor that helps them think through all these different considerations. And so that would include things like guidance 
on the many types of annuities, the cost, the discussion about giving up control or liquidity, um, deciding how much to allocate and at what age. And really important is that the decision to annuitize is really something that you have to think about for the entire household. It's just not you as an individual. It would consider your spouse or partner. And you also need to think about other things like, do you have a defined benefit plan? Um, If you're lucky enough to have a pension payout, you need to think about whether that's going to be an annuity or a lump sum. And then I think one factor that we always want to make near retirees aware of is that an attractive annuity option available to them is the annuity implicit in delaying social security claiming. So there's a lot to be considered and giving that personalized advice and education is just critical for a plan sponsor considering offering an annuity. I just want to put a, an exclamation mark on that last point that you mentioned. Many people don't realize social security is an annuity. Exactly. Right? It is an annuity. And if you wait to claim the value of that annuity payout typically on a monthly basis is going to go up. So that's just an important consideration to put into your whole retirement mix. You mentioned managed accounts. What's a managed account and how does it factor in here? Yeah, so a managed account is offered by many plan sponsors as an option for their employees to delegate the management of their portfolio to a professional investment advisor. Um, That's something Edelman Financial Engines does for over a million employees in the workplace, working with some of the largest employers in the country. And they are an ideal investment option to create a retirement income plan that includes an annuity because they are personalized to the individual. And also because the majority of managed accounts, like the ones we offer, offer access to an independent advisor, they become a natural building block to help navigate all the complexities we've been talking about and all the decisions you'll need to make as a near retiree. One of the interesting things that we've seen, Kelly, as these products are making their way into work-based plans is much like we saw with mutual fund fees you're getting the power of big group pricing. The complexity of the products is starting to go down and the prices, the fees are starting to go down. That's got to be a good thing. It's definitely a good thing. And that's really the power of the workplace and 401k plans and 403b plans. The employee and the individual is going to benefit not only from lower pricing that's negotiated by the employer, but also by the fact that the employer and plan sponsor is required to do the due diligence on the annuity provider. And so there's this extra level of protection that's provided when you're working through the 401k plan or 403b plan. Any last thoughts on this, Kelly, as we're wrapping up this segment? Yeah, you know, I think it's going to probably take years to assess the full impact of Secure 2.0 on annuities in the workplace. But for now, near retirees still need help. And so the best thing employers can do is just make sure that their employees have access to comprehensive retirement help and independent advisors to really help navigate these complexities of retirement income in the workplace. Thanks so much, Kelly, for being here. Thanks for sharing your insight. Thanks for breaking it down so clearly. I hope that you can come back very soon. 
I do too. It was my pleasure and thanks for having me. Of course. For the last segment of the show, we're going to take a closer look at a particular annuity that gains in popularity during times of uncertainty and market volatility. Isabel talked about this earlier. It's something called the equity indexed annuity. And the reason that indexed annuities become more prevalent during market volatility is that most of them offer the potential to earn more than a fixed annuity when the market is up while also offering little to no downside risk. But as with all of the products that we have been talking about today, there are a lot of details and we need to understand them. For help with that, I'd like to welcome Rob Bain back to the show. Rob leads the insurance Department at Edelman Financial Engines. He's got two decades of experience with a wide array of insurance products, annuities included. Rob, welcome back. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Jean. Pleasure to be here. So, Isabel mentioned that indexed annuities are a fixed product, which means that the account value is not invested in mutual funds like in variable annuities, but they're also more complex than true fixed annuities that earn an interest rate. Is that the right way to characterize it? Yeah, you're absolutely right. An indexed annuity does earn an interest rate, but the way that interest rate is calculated involves what's called an interest crediting strategy. And uh, it's more complicated, obviously, than a fixed annuity. And um, it's something that consumers need to understand thoroughly before they consider buying one. So when we're talking about an index, we're talking about a market index, correct? Correct. And generally speaking, the insurance company is going to track the movement of that index from one point to the next. Um, it's generally not going to be a calendar year. It's going to be an anniversary year. So if you bought your contract in, in July, they're going to track the movement of that index from July to the following June. Uh, then they take that movement of that index and apply either a participation rate, a cap, or a spread to determine how much of that interest stays with the insurance company and how much of it gets credited to to the annuity contract. For example, let's assume that the index went up 10%. If my contract has a 75% participation rate, then I'm going to get 7.5% interest and the insurance company's keeping 2.5%. If my contract has a 7% cap, then I'm going to get 7% and the other 3% is staying with the insurance carrier. If my contract has a 2% spread, then the insurance carrier is taking 2% off the top, so to speak, and I'm getting the other 8% credited to my contract. I think the most important thing for consumers to understand is that those caps, spreads, and participation rates can be changed. If the insurance carrier uh, isn't doing as well financially as they might like, maybe they're not making enough profit, they could reduce the participation rate or the cap, or they could increase the spread. Uh, Quite often we see um, new annuities being sold with really high participation rates, like 150%. And a lot of consumers don't understand that that can be a little bit of a bait and switch. Sometimes they buy at a 150% participation rate only to have the insurance company lower it years later. So the performance isn't going to be anywhere near what it was forecast. And in your contract, does it tell you when the insurance company has the right to do that? I mean, are there dates and times sort of baked in? There are, and it can happen very soon. Typically, we don't see that happening until closer to the end of the surrender schedule. 
So every one of these annuities has a surrender schedule, usually seven to 10 years. And that's safeguarding the insurance company, right? That, that means if somebody buys one and, and quits early, the insurance company's keeping some of that contract value in the form of a surrender charge. So generally speaking, as we see the surrender charge starting to go away, that's where we see the insurance company starting to alter participation rates and caps. Okay, but I get what you're saying. It's not as simple as this annual point-to-point calculation. Right, there's more to it than that. There are over 5,000 market indexes out there or indices. Which one does the typical annuity track? Well, of course, the gold standard is the S&P 500, and, and almost every indexed annuity is going to have that option. But more and more of them these days use specialized indices, mostly volatility control indices that have been developed in the last several years. And that leads to a, a sales practice that I think is something everybody needs to understand, and that's backtesting. Quite often what you'll see is even though that annuity or that index, excuse me, has been created in the last few years, the insurance company will be basing their illustration on historical returns of that index for 10 to 20 years. In other words, they're saying, we've created this volatility control index based on what we've learned about market volatility the last 10 or 20 years. And then we're going back and saying, here's what the index would have returned if it had existed 20 years ago. That can be very unreliable because the forces that drove a market downturn in the past won't necessarily be the same as what we see in the future. So I liken that backtesting scenario to Marty McFly, right? In the Back to the Future, he goes back in time and finds a sports almanac, right? So that might help him pick winners, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not going to help pick winners in the future. So the insurance company is looking back in time, making an index and saying, look how good we are at beating the market. And then they're using that assumption in the future to say, we're going to beat the market again. How do they present these returns to consumers when they're, when they're telling you about the product? So at the point of sale, uh, the agent will give the consumer an illustration. And the illustration is basically a forecast of potential future account values based on an assumed rate of return. And quite often, the insurance carrier is just going to use an average return. So again, they'll say, based on this index we built, it averaged 7% for the last 20 years. So we're going to assume that this contract's going to grow at an annual 7% rate of return in the future. Uh, I think the thing that's ironic is that, as already you've already mentioned, these contracts are popular because of the 0% floor in a volatile market, right? So if you really think the market's going to go down, mm-hmm. um, do you really believe the market's going to go up 7% every year? So the insurance company is selling it to consumers saying, this is going to protect you from a down market, but look how good it does because it grows by 7% every year. I think consumers should be pretty careful about that. Well, I think consumers should be pretty careful about all historical representations, right? I I can't tell you the number of times on this show alone that we've said history is not a gauge to what will happen in the future. It Yes, it sounds like, you know, they're trying to put these returns in the best light, but I would argue that's something the entire industry does. Yeah. And, you know, with annuity contracts, it can get complicated, right? Sometimes the insurance company will actually use the returns of the index, which is, I think, a little closer reality, where they'll say, well, you know, the index really went up 12% that year, and then we applied the cap, so it was only 7 Next year, it went down 12, so we gave you a zero. 
Next year, it went up five. That was below your cap, so you got five. An illustration like that's a lot more accurate than the ones where they just take the average over 7% and apply it every year going forward. Well, clearly for consumers who are shopping for these things, that's something to look for, right? You want to look for an illustration that actually showed you what happened in real time. Very helpful, Rob. Thank you so much for all the great information. Thanks, Jean. And that's it for this show. I want to thank Rob, of course, but also Isabel and Kelly for being here and sharing their insight and valuable advice. Be sure to subscribe to the Everyday Wealth Podcast wherever you stream your favorite podcasts or visit everydaywealth.com where all of our episodes are available to you. Thanks for listening and we'll talk soon. You've been listening to Edelman Financial Engine's Everyday Wealth with Gene Chatsky. Edelman Financial Engines has been ranked by Barron's as the number one investment advisor in the country. If you've missed an episode or are interested in additional personal finance topics, be sure to subscribe to the Everyday Wealth Podcast. Our podcast library offers helpful insights on topics such as tax-efficient portfolios, retirement withdrawal strategies, investing, and financial planning, to name just a few. To learn more, visit our website, everydaywealth.com, or find our show wherever you stream your favorite podcast.